Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Ay, la, la, la. 
Hashem, oh, the 
J.M. in the A.M. Pretty amazing selections for a uh, 4th of July morning, three weeks format, huh? Wouldn't you say? I would say pretty amazing. Uh, That was Sean Altman and um, Cole Zimmer together off of the best of Jewish acapella with We Stand As One. You heard Narayiti done by Kol Achai. Kol Ish with Hodu Al Eretz. David Kalish had Mim Komcha. Both those artists uh, dominated our first half hour. Kolish and Mehera, David Kalish with Al Ayla, Kolish with Adon Alum, and of course Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday. It's the 4th of July, the 21st of Tammuz. Big day here in the United States of America. Today is, let me figure this out, 76 was, uh, <laughs> 76 was 200. 86 210, 96 220, 06 230, 16 240, 242nd birthday of the United States of America. And for us who live here in freedom and luxury, and um, I'll add for the state of Israel that has a pretty good friend in the United States, it's a good day. It's a good day to uh, acknowledge the 242nd birthday of the U.S. of A. Yeah. Um, a lot of times uh, during the 4th of July, we would play certain um, certain songs that are appropriate for this day, whether related to the United States or related to the uh, rescue at Entebbe, which happened, of course, uh, 42 years ago today. Um, I don't know if they exactly fit into our three weeks format, so we'll see if we'll handle that somehow later on. But uh, meanwhile, we'll continue with an amazing JM and the AM radio broadcast. 78 degrees outside with 
percent humidity. Windsor West at two miles per hour. Isolated thunderstorms today. Those thunderstorms we've been getting over the last twenty-four hours have cooled things off a bit. No complaint here, frankly. I mean, my gosh, it's been rough out there to say the least with the uh, hot weather. Um, mostly cloudy tonight, low 75 if you're heading to the fireworks somewhere in this area. And partly cloudy for tomorrow, Thursday, the high will be 87 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 84 up in Guilford, New York. Our friends at Camp Missoura, they're at 61 degrees, and we're at 78 here in New York City as we say good morning at um, JM the AM. Special hello, special shalom to listener Yaffa, who's out there this morning tuned into JM in the AM. Thanks, Yaffa. She's in the holy city of Jerusalem on this uh, three weeks format Wednesday. 6.33 in the morning, 27 minutes before 7 o'clock with Ari Goldwag.
You say that it's hard standing still. Don't you know that I spend all my nights counting backwards the days till I'm home? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, we're coming home. The Maccabees, America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. Our news from Israel coming up. L'Chad Odi was done by the Maccabees. Schlock Rock at Baruch HaGever from Schlock Apella. Anavin, that was a.k.a. Pella. Ari Goldwag with both Ani Mamin and Ami Chai to open up the set here at JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. It's great to speak to you from our headquarters in New York City on a warm Wednesday morning. Wishing everybody a happy 4th. Hope you have an opportunity to spend some time with the family today. If you're in camp, tuned in in uh, one of our favorite places like Camp Masora, uh, then thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you have a great day up in camp, wherever you might be. And um, to those of you listening around the world, thanks so much for tuning in. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. We say Boker Tov from JMN. Galitzal, Shashtain, Khan Shibel Karmi Mansur, Imashakore Akshav. Betadina Tsvei, Kibeletas Dera Tiun, Im Samal Nun, Lochem Buvdevan, Shursha Barigat Havero, Samal Rishon, Shahar Struk, Ziholi Vracha, Kataveno Tsvei, Sahi Dabush. Alochem Shuasham Barigai, Shalachli Shmonasar, Hochei Masar Bapoal, Veochmonasar, Hochei Masar Altnai. בנוסף, הוא יורד לדרגת טוראי. במהלך הדיון זכה הלוחם לתמיכת משפחתו של סמל ראשון סטרוק, זיכרונו לברכה, ואביו אפילו ברח על סיום הפרשה. השופט אמר במהלך המשפט כי סבלו של נון ניכר, וכי מאז המקרה הוא שרוי במצב פוסט-טראומטי, ואפילו ניסה לפגוע בעצמו לפני כשבועיים.
על רקע חוק היועצים המשפטיים של השרה שקד, שצפוי להגדיל את השפעת הדרג הפוליטי על הליך המינוי, אומר היום הנשיא ריבלין, יועץ ראוי צריך להיות עצמאי. על המערכת הציבורית למצוא את הדרך להביא לכך שהיועצים המשפטיים המשרתים אותה יהיו הטובים שבטובים. יועצים משפטיים עצמאיים שהמחויבות לחוק ולהיותם שומרי סף זורמת בעורקיהם ומהווה את תמצית האתוס המקצועי שלהם. כתבתנו מוריה אסרף מציינת שאת הדברים אמר הנשיא בטקס השבעת שופטים בירושלים, במהלכו הושבעה סאוסן אל-קאסם, שתהיה לשופטת הדרוזית הראשונה בישראל. רצח פאדיה קדיס ביפו, המשטרה גיבשה תשתית ראייתית נגד ביתה של קדיס ובן הזוג של הבת בחשד שגרמו למותה. כתבתנו פיי גוטמן שמע את רב סמל ראשון ארתור קרפוב מצוות החקירה. מדובר באחד ממקרי הרצח המזעזעים ביותר שנראו בישראל בשנים האחרונות. אנחנו מגלים תכתובות הן בתוכנת הוואטסאפ והן באמצעות המייל, המייל הדואר האלקטרוני, והן באמצעות הודעות אס.אם.אס בין החשודים, בהם מתכננים באופן קפדני, קר רוח, עם תכנון לפרטי פרטים של אירוע רצח, אותו הם הצליחו להוציא בסופו של דבר אל הפועל. חייל מחיל האוויר נשלח ל-21 ימי ריתוק לאחר שנשק לחברתו בבסיס, כך פרסם כתבנו צחי דבוש. הדוקטור רם פרומן, יושב ראש הפורום החילוני, אמר לגלי צה"ל, העונש לא מידתי, זו הדתה. זהו עוד מקרה מובהק של הדתה בצה"ל. אין ולא יכול להיות משהו פסול בזוג מתנשק. כמו במקרה של הטבח שראינו לפני שבועיים, צה"ל באופן עקבי מעדיף את הדת על האנושיות. אושרה בקריאה טרומית הצעת החוק להצבת מצלמות במעונות ובגנים. כתבנו ניר שוויד. הצעת החוק של חברת הכנסת יפעת שאשא ביטון אושרה ללא מתנגדים ברוב של 69 תומכים. במתכונתה הנוכחית ההצעה לא תחייב הצבת מצלמות, אלא תסבסד את עלות ההתקנה במוסדות שיבחרו בכך. חבר הכנסת איציק שמולי, שהציע הצעה שכן תחייב התקנת מצלמות, האשים בסוף ההצבעה את שאשא ביטון בביצוע פשרה מלוכלכת, כלשונו. שרי החוץ של רוסיה וארצות הברית ייפגשו לאחר הפסגה בין טראמפ ופוטין. כתבתנו אינה אנטונוב. וושינגטון ומוסקבה הסכימו כי שר החוץ הרוסי לברוב ושר החוץ האמריקני פומפאו ייפגשו אחרי קיום הפסגה בהלסינקי ב-16 ביולי. לברוב אמר כי הוא מקווה שהפגישה בין המנהיגים תהווה הזדמנות טובה לדיון פתוח על כל הסוגיות שמעסיקות את שתי המדינות, ביניהם המצב בסוריה. מזג האוויר, התחממות קלה. אלה החדשות שעורכת גוני כהן. בחסות Oh, <laughs> 
Come on.
emotions can run deeply, moving us to tears. Joy will fill our hearts when he's finally here. When she has finally here. But we must strengthen our own power, faith, our pride. We can find the desire, the love deep inside. In the AM, finally here. That is uh, Ari Goldwag, great song off of Acapella Soul. Essa Enai from Vocal Version. You heard the Yeshiva Boys and Al Naros Bavel from their Amen CD. And Donnie Gross with Achenu off of Kumsitz in the Rain. 26 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning. It's JM in the AM. How you doing, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in and being part of this amazing radio experience. Feel free to comment on our app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and the iPhone, and comment away. Um, let us know where you are, what you want to hear, etc., etc. And of course, um, there we go. Of course, um, anything you want to tell us in terms of uh, requests, acapella style, etc., more than willing to. Listen to what you have to suggest. Just go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and let us know um, what you want to hear, where you are, how you've taken us along on your summer vacation, or you're listening to us in summer camp, or whatever the case is, we want to hear about it. More coming up. It's Donnie Gross at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. off the album Comes It's in the Rain. This time each and every Monday through Thursday. Actually, Sunday through Thursday. Rabbi David Goldwasser. His words are Chanish Masar of Zeb, and Esther Basar of Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We say in Megillah Esther, Ki How is it possible that I can see the evil that will transpire with my nation. When Esther Amalka went to Achashverosh, she said, how can I bear witness to this disaster? How can I bear witness to the extermination of my family? The question is, what is the exact difference between these two phrases? We should know that the Chorban Beis Amikdosh, the destruction of the temple, renews itself in every generation. If you would ask a person, do we have the Beis Hamikdash? He will tell you, no, we don't. We don't have the Kohanim Bavadosam, the Kohanim in their particular service, Ulavim Bishirom. We don't have the Levim anymore singing their special songs and doing their Avodah. If a person breaks his leg and he lives another 50 years with a broken leg, he is Margish, he feels that the leg is broken every day of his life. However, if something even more severe happens, so he becomes used to the first thing. However, the accident he had is an accident and still will be the same after 50 years. The same is with the Chorben Beis Hamikdosh. The destruction happened a long time ago. But Be'etzem, in truth, that was their Chorben and ours equally because we still don't have the Beis HaMikdosh. But the Chorben Beis HaMikdosh wasn't just the Chorben itself, not just a destruction. There were people that were killed. There was starvation. It was a tragedy of a nation and the tragedy of individuals and families. The general tragedy existed today as it did in the time of the Beis HaMikdosh. However, the personal tragedy we don't feel anymore. It was particular to that generation. That was the kavana. That was the intention of Esther Amalka. We still have these two types of tragedies. If Haman would have been successful, there would have been tzara issues, the personal losses of every Jew. But more than that, it would have been the end of the Jewish nation. 
And that is why Esther continued, I would have seen the destruction of my people. During this particular time of year, it is a Zman Mesugal, a charm time, to cry over the Beis HaMikdosh, to realize what life is without the Beis HaMikdosh, how we long for it. We can fulfill the words of Chazal, whoever is misavel, whoever mourns for the Beis HaMikdosh and longs for it, will be Zoycha, they will be privileged to merit seeing the third and final Beis HaMikdosh, Bimheirav Yameinu, speedily in our days. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Wednesday morning, Ellie Gerstner in the Chevra with Simcha. You're at 613 with Shivchi, Shari Shemayim done by uh, Ari Goldwagon. The Shalashudas medley was the YU Maccabees here at JMNAM. Six minutes before 8 a.m. Good morning all, my name is Nachum Siegel. We're live from New York City on this 4th of July, three weeks format Wednesday here at uh, JMNAM. Thank everybody out there for tuning in and being part of this amazing radio experience feel free to comment on our app go to the uh nsn nachum single network app for android and iphone and comment away let us know where you are what you want to hear etc etc of course in our three weeks format and we'll try our best to uh, oblige so to speak more coming up as we continue here's joseph carduner shir <laughs> Hine lo yanum, yanum, velo ishan, shomer Israel. Hashem shomrecha, Hashem tzilcha, al yad yeminecha. Yomam Hashemesh, lo yakeka, veyareach balayla. Hashem ishmocha mikol ra. Yishmor et nafshecha Hashem yishmor tzedcha uvoecha Me'ata ve'ad olam Shir l'amalat Esa e'nai el ha'arim Me'ayin yavo ezrim Ezrim e'yim Hashem Shomrecha, Hashem Tzilcha, Al Yad Yeminecha. 
יומם השמש לא יקקר וירח בלילה השם ישמורך מכל רע ישמור את נפשך השם ישמור צאתך ובואך מעתה ועד עולם השם שומרך, השם צילך, על יד ימינך. יומם השמש לא יקקה וירח בלילה, השם ישמורך מכל רע, ישמור את נפשך, השם ישמור צאתך ובואך, מעתה ועד עולם. השם ישמור צאתך ובואך מעתה ועד עולם. Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning broadcast. Many of you are familiar with the work of Project Witness. Project Witness has been uh, an incredible resource for our community when it comes to uh, publications and textbooks and and documentaries uh, about the uh, period of World War II with uh, many stories, accounts, and um, and tales that, frankly, uh, were either never told before or certainly never told in documentary form. Uh, Project Witness is led by uh, Ruth Lichtenstein, who is the uh, publisher of the Hamodia newspaper and has proudly been uh, leading the Project Witness project for many, many years and has made it such an effective tool when it comes to Holocaust education and making sure that our community does not forget. And uh, we will speak both with her and with Guy Orman, who is the uh, producer of a brand new documentary, which is going to premiere July the 11th, one week from tonight, one week from tonight at the Williamsburg Hotel on Wythe Avenue in Brooklyn. It is going to premiere, and everybody in this audience is invited to come and participate, to support Project Witness, and to be there for this historic event. Information, projectwitness.org, projectwitness.org. Ruth Lichtenstein, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, and thank you, Nahum, for always welcoming us in your program. Yes, we are almost there at, uh, at our premiere next week, Emetz Hashem. On Wednesday, the 11th. Yeah, we got to talk about this documentary. It looks amazing. Uh, so we have Mrs. Lichtenstein with us, and Guy Orman is with us, who is a uh, a wonderful producer, documentarian. Guy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. All right, Mrs. Lichtenstein, very often, uh, maybe not always, but very often you want to bring stories of uh, World War II to our community, which either have not been told or are not well known. This one the documentary premiere taking place one week from tonight is called Rushja, R-O-S-J-A. The subtitle of the documentary is Despite Everything They Survived, Let's Ensure Their Story Does Too. What can you tell us today about the documentary Rushja? So Rushja means uh, actually Russia in Polish. And I will let Guy give more details as he uh, worked more than hard and lived through it in the past nine months. Guy, please. <laughs> wow. Guy, that's true, by the way, right? As all of us are celebrating uh, Hanukkah, Purim, and Pesach, 
you're delving into the uh, unfortunately the horrors of World War II, right? Correct. As my kids know, I'm the you know I'm I'm Mr. Holocaust. <laughs> I always joke with Ray Weinrib when he when he spent the year preparing his uh, his Kinnis pr- uh, publication. I said, boy, at all these times of the year that we're celebrating, all you're thinking about is Kinnis. I'm sure you can relate. I can't tell you how many people call me up for for information to use for their own kinest, uh, you know, A hundred percent. I, I could, I could uh, certainly believe that. So it starts a week from tonight. It's called Russia. It's a documentary pre- uh, documentary premiere. What can you tell us, Guy, about this story? So this is a story that really has affected all of us in a major way, but we don't know about it. Which to me, when I when I learned about it, I was surprised. Why don't we know about the Jews who were deported or saved through, or survived through the Soviet Union. Mm. Um, what I learned is that, you know, 70 to 80 percent of Holocaust survivors after the war in the DP camps and stuff like that were people who had this experience of surviving through the Soviet Union, yet we knew nothing about it. So that was a very, to me, that was a very, very clear reason why this is a story that is unknown and that has been for largely forgotten. Um, and one of the reasons this, this has been forgotten is because after the war, when many of these survivors came back from the Soviet Union and they came back to Poland or to Germany to the DP camps um, and other areas, they learned the horrors of what had happened in, you know, under the Nazis because they were in the Soviet Union. They had no idea what was happening. They didn't have Internet. They didn't have radio. So they learned all these things, and they felt a little bit like their experiences were not as harsh or were not as, you know, they weren't the same, and they felt uh, embarrassed maybe. So they didn't speak about it. So a lot of, a lot of second generation and other and even third generation people today, they don't know about their own um, parents or grandparents' experiences because they never spoke about it. All right. Now, okay, so I, I guess I'm one of those who is completely unfamiliar with this, because now you've got to straighten out some of my confusion. So we always thought that those who tried to escape to the East were not welcome there. And in fact, those who did try to escape there and got there, they themselves often were the victim of genocide. This, this, this would not be completely correct. Am I right? You're right. You're right. Um, in a sense, the Jews who uh, ended in Siberia were right. saved uh, by deportations, but different kind of deportations. Actually, <clears throat> I'm sorry, <clears throat> actually, the Jews who found themselves in eastern part of Poland under the Soviet rule uh, didn't <clears throat> get even like five minutes to answer the question, do you have Soviet passports? Are you ready to stay here? And they were put on trains straight to Siberia, to nowhere. We have stories about Jews who landed like 150 miles from Mongolia, uh, ended in places that the train didn't go anymore, um, or were sent to Central Asia. Some locations are familiar in our memory, like uh, Tashkent or Uzbekistan, but we don't know how to put the story together of how, what happened here, and how Jews from Poland or from Galicia 
ended in all these locations. By the end of the day, a lot of them died out of starvation, right. out of sicknesses, but many of them... Uh, lucky we are survived. All right, so that's a, so that's I guess the confusion that again we we think those who ended up in the places you just described, you know, likely you know were killed or died. Uh, this is a story, then I take it, of survival, and we you've done other stories of survival, incredible ones, but we've never heard about those who spent the war years. In the very eastern part of Russia, for instance, in very, very challenging circumstances, who ended up surviving? I assume that is the story of Russia. Am I right? Correct. This is that story. There was. I just want to uh, string, you know, sure. add on to what Mrs. Lichtenstein said. Is the Jews who were in the <clears throat> sorry, the Jews that were in the Soviet Union, they had hunger, they had disease, just like they had. Right. In the right. camps or in the ghettos, right. they had cold, which is actually worse. The cold was much colder in Siberia and places like that than it was anywhere else. Right. The only thing they didn't have was 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 systematically being murdered. They weren't put into crematory. They weren't they weren't put into gas chambers. So Stalin, in you know, in a way, he wasn't the same as Hitler because he wasn't there to try to murder all the Jews, but he was using them obviously for labor and other things. He didn't care if they lived or not. Right. Because so, many of them died, but so the so the the circumstances were not exactly obviously the same, but they were different. But they did survive. Many of them obviously did die, unfortunately, through Siberia or being in places like Central Asia. I mean, imagine being like you know in Kazakhstan or Uzbekistan or Tajikistan or, or Kyrgyzstan and these places you would never even think of going to today. Now I don't know the format of your documentary. Obviously, I haven't seen it yet. But did you meet? Any survivors from this episode or these episodes who ended up in the United States, Guy? Of course. Our main goal when we do the films um, are not to use archival material in terms of interviews. We don't go to old interviews. We, only, we try to, for the most part, look for survivors that are alive today who can share with us their experiences because... As you know, we're in a rush. We're in a race against time to keep documenting um, right. survivors that are alive today. Right. So my goal and Project Witness's goal has always been: let's try to find survivors alive and get as many as we can now, because in hopefully in a long time from now. But you know, whenever it comes that time, we're not going to be able to do that anymore. Yeah, that's for sure. Got both um, Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein and Guy Orman with us live via telephone a week from tonight. It's the documentary premiere at the Williamsburg Hotel on Wythe Avenue in Brooklyn of the documentary Rushja. As you heard, despite everything they survived, let's ensure their story does too. You know, Agi, in, in, in prior documentaries the Project Witness is um, responsible for, we've seen conversations with survivors, and they some of them are very, very difficult to sit through, quite obviously, and hearing their experiences are horrifying. These survivors now, you know, are, are are even older than just a couple of years ago. Are they still able to convey the horrors to the audience? Um, yes, there's. It's obviously it gets more challenging every year. Um, some of the people that we we filmed and we put in the film are uh, a little. They were a little younger, obviously, because you know they they remember. So they remember certain things from their childhood. The older the person is, the harder it is. A hundred percent. I mean, we had situations where, you know, there, we're dealing with dementia or, di or different things. It always makes it tougher. Um, and the research, the research 
amount of research that it takes to find people right. is, 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 a, is a big process. We have interviews from Israel. We have interviews from all over America. We have interview. We even have an interview that took place in Uzbekistan. Wow. We have filming in Uzbekistan. We even sent a, we sent a film crew to Siberia to to film a to film a labor camp that still exists, meaning the ruins of it. We have reenactments of three of our stories where we filmed extensive reenactments with actors and all types of amazing. Rent, we rented a train. And we we actually produced a deportation. You weren't there in Siberia, were you? I personally did not go, but we sent I sent two people from from Eritrea actually. What did they say about it? What's it like there now? Uh, the guys I sent are, are actually Russian, so they didn't mind the cold. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting, Mrs. Lichtenstein. I, I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. To us, you're one of the people who knows quote unquote everything about World War II and the horrors of that era for our people. Is there something significant that you learned from this new documentary? Yes. Uh, what we have learned is, is that uh, we should not give up. Even though it was harder than previous documentaries, even though it's not so simple to, um, uh, to you know, uh, research and uh, get through to places that they don't have, you know, um, they don't have water systems, they don't have, uh, uh, you know, any technical, you know, advance of the 21st century, yeah. uh, but yet we got real stories, and some of them are unbelievable, tragic, uh, showing us where people got. What else we have learned is that even though it was so hard, uh, about Jewish survival, about stories uh, of uh, spiritual, you know, survival, about uh, Bnei Yeshivas who did not end in Shanghai but found themselves in the Gulag or found themselves in Central Asia and how they uh, made it. We uh, have learned a lot and something else that I would like to, uh, to bring to the attention of uh, our listeners, and this is, let's not forget, it's not only that unfortunately we are losing our survivors and they are leaving us, let's not forget how Holocaust denial is becoming, you know, stronger and stronger. Yeah, no question. You there? Hello? Oh boy, did we just lose them? We're speaking with... Um yeah, we did lose them. We're speaking with Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein, the founder of Project Witness, and Guy Orman, the producer of the event. Are you back? Are you Are you with us? Yes, we are back. Okay, you go see, on. just before I wanted to say something very <laughs> Holocaust important. Holocaust denial, right? And this is uh, not only Holocaust denial, but rise of anti-Semitism. Right. We like here at the United States to believe that it happened only in Europe. It's not, my dear friends. It's here in the United States of America. And we believe that we have to do everything in order to bring this knowledge to the younger generation, to ourselves. We have to pay tribute. We have to remember what all these survivors, what they went through, and they went through, and they survive, and they rebuild for us and for our next generation. So let's respect it and remember it. 
No question about it. Everybody out there is encouraged to be at the Williamsburg Hotel on Wythe Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, one week from tonight. That's the night that the documentary premiere takes place. It's called Russia Escaping Hitler Was Just the Beginning. Despite everything they survived, let's ensure their story does too. If you go to the Project Witness website, projectwitness.org, the possibility of buying tickets is right there or the opportunity, I should say, to buy tickets is right there. Also, there's a donate button on the Project Witness uh, website. Uh, They are asking people to help underwrite and sponsor this event, this very important film, and there are many, many different levels, um, higher levels and and less uh, expensive levels that you can use to uh, for the sponsorship opportunities to support the event. Project Witness has effectively preserved hundreds of Holocaust stories through high-quality documentaries, educational programs and awareness events that connect with the rising generation of young Jews. Mrs. Lichtenstein, I know this is obvious, but remind our audience why this is a very good time of year to see a documentary like this. Because we are touching the nine days. We are touching, you know, the Hurban of Yerushalayim and of Beis HaMikdash. And, uh, if we don't want our children to think about the horrifying events that our ancestors and our uh, grandparents and great-grandparents went through, uh, that they should not treat it like it's a story from 2,000 years ago. We should all listen, learn, and teach the younger generation. And this is a good opportunity. Three weeks, nine days, a lot of summer camps, a lot of different educational programs and synagogues make sure uh, during the three weeks, nine days, and Tisha B'Av itself to talk about these themes and to uh, use those days to remember the Chorban bias, number one, and the tragedies that our people have suffered over the thousands of years. Guy Orman, how long is the documentary? It's going to be it's about 72 to 75 minutes if you like to watch credits. All right. So it's a real, it's a movie. It's a, it's a real presentation here. It's a very real movie. And, you know, we have a lot of amazing and inspirational, some sad moments as well. And a lot of, uh, a lot of new material that people don't know. Um, and one of, the main, one, of the, one of the most important lines in the film that someone explains is actually a son of a survivor where he says that, um, so the Holocaust is more than just Auschwitz. It's more than just ghettos. It's anybody who survived either through kinder transport, through hiding, or through being deported to Siberia. These are all Holocaust survivors. Unbelievable. Hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. Happens a week from tonight, everybody. If then, if you're in the New York, New Jersey area for July 11th, make sure to be at the Williamsburg Hotel. Get your tickets. Go to ProjectWitness.org. We'll remind you between now and then to get your tickets at projectwitness.org. And, of course, as we always encourage you, you could support the work of Project Witness on the very same website. There's a donate button at projectwitness.org. Documentary is called Rostja. It's an important – they're all important. This one has really touched me in terms of a story. Uh, so so out there, a story all of us should know, and uh, unfortunately until now we didn't, but obviously Project Witness is giving us the opportunity uh, to learn more and more about it. Uh, Mrs. Lichtenstein, Mrs. Kolakavod, anything else you'd like to add about uh, next uh, Wednesday night? Uh, before the next Wednesday night, I would like to thank uh, you, 
I would like, good friend, thank I you. would like to thank our unbelievable uh, team, uh, the staff, Project Witness staff, the volunteers, the board, uh, Elisheva Perlman, who is in charge of the premiere, and all the good people who are giving a hand, and more than that, giving their heart and time and are very devoted to our cause. We hope to see you there. We are looking forward to greet you. And after the premiere, of course, the documentary will go out to local events in different, you know, ah, locations. But great. as of now, we are all geared towards the premiere. And we thank the Riboyne Shloilom for giving us the opportunities to get here. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Kolakavod to you. Guy Orman. Anything else you'd like to tell our listeners about why they should be there a week from tonight? I think it's a great opportunity to come support an amazing organization that, uh, you know, there's really no one else doing this type of work. Um, and to hear the stories and to learn, you know, uh, the history of the majority of, of the survivors that we don't know. So true. Kolakavod to you. Good luck, uh, good luck next week, and congratulations on what I'm sure is an unbelievable documentary. Thank you so much. There Thanks. they are, Project Witness. They are amazing, all under the leadership of Mrs. Lichtenstein. Everything, the, the movies, the documentaries, the books, the textbooks, the lectures, all the educational series that really help uh, our teachers out, excuse me, our teachers and Rabbanim out there uh, talk about the uh, Holocaust and World War II to their students and congregations, all coming from Project Witness and their headquarters in Brooklyn, New York. And we say Kol HaKavod to them more coming up you are listening to a wednesday morning fourth of july wednesday morning broadcast and this is jm in the am
J.M. and the A.M., that's the Kolish uh, group with Gum Kiela. Three weeks format here at the J.M. and the A.M. Um, those of you out there want to comment on our app, let us know where you are, what you want to hear, etc. No problem. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away, as I like to say. Uh, many of you are familiar with the name Joanna Shebson. She's been a guest of mine before. She's been a guest on other shows, and she very, very frequently is a contributor on Yoni Pollock's Bite Size. Does a lot of great interviews on the other side of the world in Israel uh, with great people that she meets and wonderful organizations and and cool stuff that she comes across. And she's responsible for a publication that not only is vital to those who are visiting Jerusalem and Israel during the summer, but is available online <laughs> to those who are visiting Jerusalem and Israel during the summer. Fun in Jerusalem, and I will ask her, Fun in Jerusalem, which is available, by the way, at funinjerusalem.com slash summer, funinjerusalem.com slash summer, uh, is a publication that's been given out and given away um, at many, many, many locations throughout Jerusalem for many, many, many years. I don't know if this is the first time that it's available online, but we will find out. Joanna Shepson, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Good to be here. Wonderful to speak with you. We always like having fun in Jerusalem, and everybody out there knows at this point that they can go to funinjerusalem.com for all the information. Is this the first time that the, the big, massive publication is actually available online? So actually, it's been available online before, but it's going to be the second time that it's also available as a WhatsApp PDF. Nice. Which means you can have it directly on your phone. Phenomenal. It's the Summer Family Guide of 2018. I have flipped through it. You know, I guess you could say this about any major city in the world, especially those who concentrate on attracting tourists. It is amazing how many new things there are out there, right? Oh, yeah. And every season, there's like a whole new, like, for example, this season, there's a whole new activity complex being put together at the Montefiore Windmill, which is a place where you have been, but yeah. there haven't been tourist activities there. It's pretty funny, I'll tell you. Really cool. Tell me about the tell me about the um the item that I see on the second page of the uh, summer fun guide, the Jerusalem City Pass. Is that something that's uh, ideal for the tourists, for those um, who are who are coming after Tishabov and spending time in Jerusalem? 
Yeah, so this is brand, brand new. I mean, they're having the launch event already on Sunday. So I'll have some new pictures up on if you follow us on social media. But the Jerusalem City Pass is a card that you buy before you arrive. It gives you free and free access and some discounted access to different museums. Um, skip the lines at the box office. And they, if you buy the pass, you actually can get a free ride from the airport to Jerusalem in a special I Travel Jerusalem bus cool. with free Wi-Fi. Very cool. I like that. I, I'm always amazed. Every hour. I'm always amazed by what you feature. Uh, Gush Etzion, you know, historically not always known, not always known for for fun and activities, has become one of the most amazing areas to really have fun and plenty of activities. And and based on what I see in your publication, they've just added more and more stuff to do in that region. Oh, definitely. I've, tourism has been a real focus for them, and they've grown. and And the different types of activities, whether it's ATVing, jeeping, bread workshops. Um, the workshop, which is like a hands-on uh, Judaica workshop, uh, winery tours. There's so much going on there. I think you could actually spend two days in the gush and still not see everything. Unbelievable. By the way, I like the fact that you uh, have included information about the parking app in Israel because a lot of tourists don't realize that if they rent a car, they have a very, very easy way, like we have now in New York, but I think they had it in Israel first, uh, to park and not worry about the meters. You, know, you could follow the whole entire thing on your phone, which makes it a lot easier as well. Well, I'll tell you the backstory behind that is last summer, cousins of mine were visiting from the New York area. And um, when he saw me, he said to me, how in the world are we supposed to park? <laughs> and I looked at him and I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, there used to be parking meters and they're gone. There are some parking apps and they don't take international credit cards. Mm. So basically the topic of conversation on our tourism WhatsApp group that he had like with a whole bunch of friends is how many parking tickets did you get? So I quickly called up someone that I knew at Sella Park, and I said, listen, here's the opportunity. These tourists need to be able to sign up to your app with a U.S. phone number or international phone number and use a U.S. credit card. Right. And they're like, we're on it. And within a month or two, they fixed their app to work for tourists, and it's now what I recommend to everyone to use. Oh, so now it's real. Now it's really easy. Now it's, now it's guaranteed that they'll be able to input their credit card information and be able to park yes. uh, with ease. Joanna Shepson's with us, funinjerusalem.com, funinjerusalem.com. How many of these uh, summer guides did you print this year? So we've got 2,000 printed copies around the city. Um, ask your hotel concierge, or there are also these new information trucks um, that are run by the city. One is going to be located at the Shuk, and one is at um, Sharyafo near Mamilla. And they're going to be—they're going to have our magazines as well. They—you'll you'll spot them because they look like big ice cream trucks, but they actually don't have ice cream. But they do have refreshments, and uh, they've got people stationed there to give you advice on what to do in Jerusalem. So I recommend everyone stop by those trucks. And uh, do you think that because you—you you, as you know, so many of our listeners are going to be visiting you the last week in July, and then for the a good portion of the month of August, do you think the magazines, the summer guides, will still be available around then? Definitely, because I've printed enough, and I will reprint and keep filling up um, the supply at the different hotels. I should also mention they're available at the first station in the Gula Bar and also at the OU Israel Center on Karen Hayesod Street. And I love the fact that I could flip through it, as I'm doing now, at funinjerusalem.com slash summer. It's really, really cool to do that. And you said WhatsApp. Do people need to, what do people need to do in order to do that, in order to get it on their phone? Well, that's a tough one. I could say, um, 
they could send me an email at oh. info at funandjerusalem.com. For a moment, I thought of giving out uh, Miriam's WhatsApp so she <laughs> could send it out to everyone. But let's not do that. They can email me info at funandjerusalem.com with their phone number, and I can send them the WhatsApp version. All right, info. The other option. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. The other option is, is to go on to the, the funandjerusalem.com slash summer and download it from there. But the downloaded version won't have links in it. Right. The WhatsApp the... version has links. All right. If you want the full treatment, everybody, info at funinjerusalem.com, info at funinjerusalem.com. If you're heading to Israel this summer, it's a golden opportunity to have the entire PDF of the summer guide that Joanna Shepson is responsible for at Fun in Jerusalem. And in addition to that, a lot of links will be, these, all the links will be active and you'll be able to utilize those to visit the areas you want to go on the internet to check out the activities for your family. You have musicals here for kids that are being performed. You mentioned the Montefiore Windmill. I'm just flipping through as I go. Uh, you have, uh, I didn't even realize that they really have serious horseback riding, archery, lassoing, polo, paintball, all these things that we think are unique to our area. You have it right there in Jerusalem. Definitely with the view of the Jerusalem Hills. So I have to say, I think it's better over here. <laughs> yeah, we agree with you. Don't worry. We totally <laughs> we totally agree with you. You have museum visits that are specifically for the nine days and, of course, can be done other times during the summer as well. Uh, familiar places to us like Enya El uh, and others that, uh, you know, th- that are basic staples of, uh, you know, as tourist attractions in Jerusalem continue to um continue to thrive. And, and I, by the way, I'm saying that. Am I right about it? Are there a lot of classic places that have not really, uh, you know, suffered a downturn, but continue to really attract and inspire people each summer? Yeah, I would say what I love the most and what I get to see is that each of the museums that have been around forever in Jerusalem reinvent their summer programs every year for kids. So every place has workshops or theatrical performances or something special going on, like the Bible Lands Museum this year, their exhibit is about Tchelet, the color, blue, you know, the special blue color, yeah. and, and talking about how you find it in the sea and it makes it, its way all the way onto the Israeli flag. Or the Botanical Gardens is having a Playmobil Festival, which is great for anyone, no language required. You can dress up as a Playmobil knight. You can fight in the fortress. You can climb on a pirate ship. I mean, that's going to be incredible. That's the end of July and all of August. Very cool. Um, a lot of people in this audience. A lot of people in this audience who like wine. You mentioned earlier so many wineries around the country. You have something called the Wine Temple. Now, is this a store or is this your traditional wine tasting visitor center type place? So it's a mix of both. It's a beautiful space for events, but it is also a place where they do something called a wine flight, which is kind of like a wine tasting workshop where they can teach you the basics about wine tasting up to like the advanced level. And they've got wines from all over the world. Um, They specialize in Israeli wines and they're located right off Emek Lafayim. But if you want to buy a bottle of wine, you can also go in there. Yeah. So for those who, you know, (laughs) those who don't want to really travel to the wineries, they can have that visitor center experience in the heart of Jerusalem, which is pretty cool. Yeah. The truth is there's so many wineries that are now offering tours. Like there's, the Tsuba Winery in Kibbutzuba. There's Navo Winery in Maqeh. There's the Yekev in Gush Etzion. So anyone who loves wine, um, although it's not really a kid-friendly activity, you can bring your kids with. They'll have alternative drinks for them. but um, And they can still learn about the process of winemaking. So it's definitely a fun thing to do. A lot of things. It's, it's, I could really ask you about every single page in this book. And as you see, I practically am. Uh, I'm going to suggest to our listeners, everybody out there, if you're heading to uh, Jerusalem at any point this summer, you want to make sure 
that you go to funinjerusalem.com slash summer, funinjerusalem.com slash summer. The Summer Family Guide 2018 is out. It's really beautiful, done very well with great information about so many different things. Plus, as you heard Joanna said, if anybody out there wants uh, to put the PDF on their phone through WhatsApp and have all the links active so that you can pursue all this uh, further on the Internet, uh, she'll be more than happy to send it to you. Just write to her at info at funinjerusalem.com, info at funinjerusalem.com, and you will have it. You'll be able to share it and enjoy it and plan your trip. You know, there's there's nothing more frustrating than, God forbid, wasting time when you're touring Jerusalem and Israel. So here you have an opportunity to really fill your day with great activities with this guide. Wouldn't you say that, Joanna? Yeah, and I think something you mentioned before is so true, that if you have a trip planned in the future, whether it's Hanukkah, Pesach, next summer, the guide's really valuable because the majority of these activities exist all year round. So take a look at the guide and get yourself some ideas for planning your next trip. Phenomenal. Love having you as part of the network. We really admire the work you do with Fun in Jerusalem. Uh, make sure to send regards to your daughter, Ella, who is one of the stars of the Kosher Halftime Show 2018. And uh, have a great summer and plenty of fun in Jerusalem. Thank you. You too. Thanks to jo- all the listeners out there. Joanna Shebson. She runs funinjerusalem.com. Freaking contributor for us on the uh, Bite Size program with Yoni Pollock. And uh, somebody who has joined many of the hosts, including myself, on prior occasions to talk about what to do when spending time in the Holy Land. And boy, am I glad we could provide that service. Plenty more coming up. You are listening to a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Ay, 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 ay,
Thank you. 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible 4th of July morning. My thanks to Mrs. Lichtenstein and to Guy Orman. A week from tonight, they've got that big night, amazing documentary. My thanks to Joanna Shepson. She's anticipating a lot of tourists in Jerusalem starting right after Tisha B'Av. Everybody out there, go to funinjerusalem.com slash summer and find out what to do. funinjerusalem.com slash summer. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Happy 4th. Until tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>